This is Annie Stevens Gleason, Minister for Worship and Incorporation at the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I'd like to welcome you to our worship podcast. This is the Holy Eucharist, Rite 2, for February 11th, 2024.
Good morning. Welcome. Welcome to Church of the Redeemer. Uh, we are so glad that we have the opportunity to be together today. It's an honor and a privilege to worship with you. I'm so grateful for this morning. Uh, before we begin, let's go ahead. We're just going to stop. We're just going to take a big deep breath together, okay? Awesome. You made it. Thank you for being here. Uh, I want to say a special welcome to those of you who are joining us for the first time or for the first time in a long time. It's wonderful to have you with us. And those of you who are joining us on the live stream, you're here too. I hope you did your deep breath. You're with us as well. Uh, we are grateful to have the opportunity to be together in this way. If you'd like to get to know the church a little bit better, uh, you can go to our website, redeemer-cincy.org. That's redeemer-cincy with a Y.org. Click on the About tab there. You can learn more about us and then contact us so we can learn more about you and welcome you to this beloved community. Just a few announcements to begin this morning. We actually have a, a list of them, so get ready. Also, if you're like, that's a lot of announcements, if you have your Church of the Redeemer app, the Sunday announcements are on it. You can read along or check it out later so you don't have to have it memorized. If the most uh, pressing announcement, of course, is that immediately following this service, we invite you to our annual meeting. Our annual meeting will be in the Great Hall uh, directly following this service. Hope you will join us for that. And then, of course, you know that this week, uh, the Super Bowl isn't even the biggest deal of the whole week, especially because Cincinnati's not in it, so who cares? Um, but we begin Lent this week. This Wednesday is our Ash Wednesday. Uh, Ash Wednesday, we have three services uh, during which we will have imposition of ashes. Those services are at 7, noon, and 7 p.m. 7 a.m., noon, and 7 p.m. this Wednesday. But really, truly, uh, in my mind, you don't want to get started on Lent until you've uh, Filled yourself up the, the day before, February 13th is Shrove Tuesday. Join us here for our annual Mardi Gras celebration in the Great Hall. Make sure you sign up. Let us know you're coming. You can sign up on the website or on the app. We'll have some wonderful food, some music, a Mardi Gras parade. We want you to be a part of that. So join us on Tuesday, and then when you're uh, trying to get over that, join us on Wednesday for Ash Wednesday. Beginning next Sunday, we will have um, our Sunday Lenten series that will begin next Sunday immediately following the 9 a.m. service. The Sunday Lenten programming will be called Nourished by Love, the Holy Eucharist. Nourished by Love, the Holy Eucharist. During the season of Lent, we'll imagine what it means to be nourished by love through the holy meal of the Eucharist, through its connections to the one who told his disciples to do this in remembrance of me. Please sign up on the website or on the app for that, but you are always welcome to come immediately following the service to that. And then, as you know, we usually, and this is, year is no different, we have a Wednesday evening Lenten offering. Many offerings for you as you move forward into your Lenten journey. Uh, not this coming Wednesday, of course, because of Ash Wednesday, but starting Wednesday, February 21st, and throughout Lent, we will have the In the Hope of the Resurrection, How to Prepare Faithfully for End of Life. In this Lenten series, we will explore how our Christian perspective on life and death can teach us how to cherish the life with which we are blessed. It can also help us to prepare for faithful dying, teach us how to care for those who are in the process of dying, and help us to understand and accept the deaths of those we love dearly. So we hope that you'll sign up for that and join us on Wednesday, February 21st, and throughout the Wednesdays in Lent. At this time, I'd like to invite all preschool to elementary school-aged children to the chapel to join on Melanie and Tim are back there. They're going to take the kids back there to uh, Donuts and Jesus, an age-appropriate interactive worship for children. They'll come back, and we'll all be together in time for communion. Awesome. These are officially all the announcements I've planned to make today. 
I invite you at this time to stand as you are able, and we will begin our worship together. Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And blessed be God's kingdom, now and forever. Amen. Stand together. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify you. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear what the Lord Jesus Christ says. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets.
Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. O oh God, who before the passion of your only begotten Son revealed his glory upon the holy mountain, grant to us that we, beholding by faith the light of his countenance, may be strengthened to bear our cross and be changed into his likeness from glory to glory. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Please be seated for the first reading. A reading from the second book of Kings. When the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven by a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, stay here, for the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. But Elisha said, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. The company of prophets who were in Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, do you know that today the Lord will take your master away from you? And he said, yes, I know. Keep silent. Elijah said to him, Elisha, stay here, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. But he said, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. The company of prophets who were at Jericho drew near to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that today the Lord will take your master away from you? And he answered, Yes, I know. Be silent. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, for the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. But he said, As the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. Fifty men of the company of prophets also went, and they stood at some distance from them as they both were standing by the Jordan. Then Elijah took his mantle and rolled it up and struck the water. The water was parted to one side and to the other until the two of them crossed on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me what I may do for you before I am taken from you. Elisha said, Please let me inherit a double share of your spirit. He responded, you have asked a hard thing. Yet, if you see me as I am being taken from you, it will be granted you. If not, it will not. As they continued walking and talking, a chariot of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them, and Elijah ascended in a whirlwind into heaven. Elisha kept watching and crying out, Father, Father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. 
But when he could no longer see him, he grasped his own clothes and tore them in two pieces. The word of the Lord. A reading from Paul's letter, second letter to the Corinthians. Even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we do not proclaim ourselves we proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your slaves for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who said, let light shine out of the darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. The word of the Lord.
The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Mark. Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his clothes became dazzling white, such as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Then Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say, for they were terrified. Then a cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud there came a voice. This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, they saw no one with them anymore, but only Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, he ordered them to tell no one about what they had seen until after the Son of Man had risen from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. God grant us serenity to accept the things that we cannot change, courage to change the things that we can, and the wisdom to know the difference in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, we have heard this story many times before, have we not? The, the story of the transfiguration, you, it's likely you're familiar with it. It often gets read twice a year in the church, so it's one of those stories we hear quite a bit. Jesus takes three of his closest disciples up the mountain, and there he is changed before them, transfigured, they say, so that he looks different. He's in dazzling white, and they're seeing him like they had not seen him before. And then, of course, Moses and Elijah show up, and, they start, and Jesus starts speaking with them. This is a, an amazing and, and confusing and shocking moment for those disciples. They've seen miracles, they've seen many things, but this is beyond what they could have imagined. And then, of course, in that moment, in their confusion and in their uh, wondering, they even hear uh, the, the voice of God. The, uh, the cloud overshadows them, and the voice of the Father says, This is my Son, my beloved, with him I am well pleased. Listen to him. And then in that moment, they open their eyes, and Moses and Elijah are gone, and the cloud is gone, and there stands Jesus. Of course, we've heard the story, as I said, and there's many pieces I'm sure that you remember in your heart. We know that Moses and Elijah are, of course, the real people, Moses and Elijah, but they also represent something to Israel, right? Moses is the representative of the law, the 
the commandments, the covenant between God and God's people, the deliverance of the people through that exodus from Egypt. Moses is the representation of that covenant of the law that guides the people. And Elijah is the representation of the prophets. Elijah is that one of those many lonely voices in the wilderness that cries out to a people who aren't always paying attention, reminding them of God's presence and reminding them of their responsibility to follow God and to live into the covenant, the law for which that formed them and shaped them. So Jesus shows, shows up in, on this mountain and Moses and Elijah show up and they're all there and then all of a sudden, and we know what's happening, right, as Christians. We understand that the story is telling us that Jesus Jesus embodies both the law and the prophets. When the cloud dissipates, Jesus stands alone, and we realize that the, the writer of the gospel stories is pointing us towards Jesus as the one who embodies the law and the prophets, the foundational realities of who, who the people of Israel are. But, but today as I heard the story, something hit me a little differently I was thinking about the fact that, of course, Moses and Elijah represent all this. But to Jesus, Moses and Elijah are very real and personal influences. The voices in the lives of Moses and Elijah have shaped Jesus and Jesus' people. They've shaped the identity of Jesus and his Jewish siblings. When Jesus sees Moses and Elijah, he doesn't just see these people he's heard about. He sees the people who have formed and shaped who he is. And he is reminded in his quest, in his work that he undertakes, that he is not alone, but is in standing on the shoulders of giants. Standing on the shoulders of those who have gone before and have shaped his life. And I wonder if I were to go up that hill who would I see standing before me? If you were to go up that hill and you were to be faced with those who shaped you and influenced you most, who would be on that hill waiting for you? Would it be a parent that has died and you miss but has shaped you so greatly and given you life? Maybe your mother would be up on that hill or, or an aunt that that helped you, or a grandfather that mentored you? Would it be someone who has shaped the way you see the world, like Moses and Elijah did? Would it be James Baldwin up on that hill, or Ayn Rand, or something like that? Moses and Elijah both had a sort of national reality. Would it be Thomas Jefferson or George Washington on that hill, or the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King? Would you find Ronald Reagan on that hill, or, or FDR? Who would be on that hill for you as you go up? Who are the people that shape you? Who are the people that have made you see the world a specific way? Because that is what happens with Jesus. It's not just this symbolic reality that he embodies the law and the prophets. It is that he faces those who have shaped him and influenced him. And this is a moment of great importance. Because we realize when we hear this story, that we are never actually alone in our lives. Jesus is a singular figure, we know this. But Jesus is shaped and accompanied 
by those who have gone before. And as the story says, he is watched over even by God, who loves him, sees him as beloved. So it is, I think, for you and I. We are not alone. And we feel alone now and again. We are capable of feeling like this is our life to live and we've got to figure it all out, all on our own. And yet every single one of us is standing on the shoulders of those who have influenced us, have given us life, have shaped us. And like this story where they show up in real time, not as ghosts or memories or nostalgia, we are here to remember that we are continuing to be in relationship with those who have shaped us. It is not that we weren't alone before, it's that we are still not alone now. Still being shaped, still being influenced, still learning who we are in relation to the foundation that was built for us. And we are also not only shaped by that, those who have influenced us, but we, like Christ, are enveloped in the cloud of God, enveloped and held by the God, our Father, our Mother, who says, you are my beloved. You are my beloved. With you I am well pleased. And we are reminded, we are reminded of Christ's transfiguration, of that moment where he doesn't just look like the person we're used to seeing, but he looks like who he really and truly is, the glory of God right in front of us. And we remember our own glory as children of God, beloved ourselves and shaped by those who have gone before. But the story still has a starkness to it, does it not? Because Elijah and Moses might be there and this great cloud of God might show up and the voice of God may boom once in a while and remind us of the truth, but all of a sudden the disciples blink their eyes and it has dissipated and Jesus is back to looking just like good old Jesus of Nazareth. And Moses and Elijah are gone, and it says, Jesus, there was no one there but just Jesus. And I get it. I get it on a symbolic level. We're supposed to say, yes, he embodies all of these things. He embodies the divine. He embodies the law and the prophets, the covenant and the power of God. Yes, and that's all true. And also, he stands alone. And we are reminded that though we are not alone, we oftentimes do have to stand here in this life and make decisions for ourselves. We are accountable to the life we've been given. Jesus may be influenced by Moses, may be influenced by Elijah, may be watched over by the Father, but in the end, Jesus has to make decisions for his life. And by the way, some of the decisions Jesus makes, Moses might not have liked. Some of the things that Jesus teaches, Elijah might go, I don't know about that. We know this, that there are those people who watch over us, who influence and shape us, and also we have to make decisions for ourselves. Even honoring those who have gone before, we might make decisions that wouldn't have pleased them. I think today, even I think about our annual meeting, and every time we have an annual meeting, it's an opportunity for us to pause and think about who we were, who we are, and who we are becoming. And in so many ways, we stand on the shoulders of those who have gone before, and we honor them, and we love them, and we're shaped and influenced by them. And also, it is a new day 
And we seek to be faithful today, and that may look different than it used to. As it is in your individual lives, we honor those who make us who we are. And also, this is our life to live. We have to sort that out. It can be overwhelming. It can be profoundly overwhelming, I believe, even knowing that we are not alone. Sometimes not being alone is scary for me because I do think about all those people that are gone, have gone before and I think, I hope I'm just not screwing it up for them. Right? That they're not just watching and going, oh boy, that's, no, mm-mm, that was bad. We are Christians. We are not left without a compass. We are not left without a guiding light. And we do not simply need to look to the past to figure out how to navigate the future. At the end of the story, Jesus stands before the disciples. And they see that there are many things that have built them and shaped them. And they are guided by a God who loves them. And also standing right before them is Jesus Christ, whom they follow. We follow Jesus to make ourselves who we are meant to be in this world for our own transfiguration, we follow Jesus. It is good for us to look back at who made us. It is good for us, truly, deeply, wholly for us to remember the ongoing influence of those who have shaped us and the ongoing presence of God. But it is essential for us as Christians to understand that Jesus is not someone from the past over whom we have nostalgic feelings. Jesus is not simply an older influence that we remember so we can hope to please him. Jesus lives and is today, and we seek to follow Jesus today. We don't ask, what would Jesus do? Because it, it suggests that Jesus isn't here right now. We seek to see Jesus in our lives. We say, what is Jesus doing? And then we follow Jesus into this world. And if you think that's all too abstract and sort of religious sounding for you, and you're like, that sounds nice, Phil, but what do I do with it? Look for the love in your life. Look for the places where others have said yes to you, have honored you and cared for you, and the places where you are drawn into honoring and caring for others here and now. Look for the places where you have made sacrifices and where others make sacrifices for you. Look for the places of love because that is where you will find Jesus. And pray, friends. I know that sometimes we forget the power of it. But start your morning speaking to God. Help me see Jesus today. Help me see Jesus so that the people in front of me are transfigured from their normal everyday selves into the glorious truth of who they actually are, beloved daughters and sons of God. Help me, God, see Jesus and the people right in front of me. Help me, God, follow Jesus into this world, walk the way of love, and care and reconcile this world in participation with God. This is the work of the Christian. And when we seek love, and when we remember who we were, and when we remember who we are, beloved children. We ourselves are transfigured. Our glory as beloved is made clear, as is our past.
we follow Jesus, we walk in love always. And in Jesus' name. We affirm our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father, through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, she is worshiped and glorified. She has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church, we acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. The prayers of the people. <coughs> Father, we pray for your holy Catholic Church. That they all may be one. Grant that every member of the church may truly and humbly serve you. That your name be glorified by all people. We pray for our Bishop Wayne and Bishop-elect Kristen, and for all bishops, priests, and deacons. We pray for all who govern and hold authority in the nations of the world that there may be justice and peace on earth. We pray for all the thanksgivings of this life. Give us grace to do your will in all that we undertake. That our works may find favor in your sight. We pray especially for Olivia Bowers, the Reverend Richard Elberfell, Kathleen Jinks, Nicole Ivy, Ryan Patel, Ted Russell, 
and presiding Bishop Michael Curry. We pray for the victims of natural disaster, for the victims of the wars in Uganda, Ukraine, Sudan, Israel, Palestine, and throughout the Middle East, for the victims of the mass shootings in our country throughout the, this past week in New Orleans, Louisiana, Louisville, Kentucky, Denver, Colorado, and Cincinnati, Ohio. Have compassion on those who suffer from any grief or trouble. We pray for the departed, remembering James S. Taylor, Jr., father of Laurie McKinnon and grandfather of Carolyn, and James and Kay Carlisle, mother of Lisa Gloves. Give to the departed eternal rest. That light perpetual shine upon them. We praise you for your saints who have entered into joy. We also come to share in your heavenly kingdom. Let us pray for our own needs and for those of others. Almighty God, you have poured upon us the new light of your incarnate word. Grant that this light enkindled in our hearts may shine forth in our lives through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry, and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Amen. The Almighty God have mercy on you, give you for all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ, and, and strengthen you in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Amen. Uh, may the peace of the Lord be always with you. Christ loved us and gave himself for us an offering and sacrifice to God. Mm -hmm. 
The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. 
It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, because in the mystery of the word made flesh, you have caused a new light to shine in our hearts, to give the knowledge of your glory and the face of your Son, Christ our Lord. And therefore we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name. Holy Spirit, 
All honor and glory are yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Amen. And now, as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, <laughs> Who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah. Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. These are the gifts of God for the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on him in your hearts by faith and with thanksgiving.
Stand as you're able. And let us pray. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And you have fed us a spiritual food and a sacrament of his body and blood. Now send us out into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart, through Christ our Lord. Friend, amen. Friends, look to your transfiguration. Look to become more like God every day you live. And may the blessing of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you now and forever. Amen. amen.
Let us go forth into the world rejoicing in the power of God's Holy Spirit. Thank you, God. Look at it. 